I put all of my emotional dependency on whether or not an outside source was going to give me the validation that I desired. I now know how to give myself all of these feelings, all of these emotions, and all of this validation with or without the help of anything else or anyone else. Hi friends, and welcome to Do The Damn Thing. I'm your host, Lauren LaRue. I'm an entrepreneur, a lifestyle coach, and a content creator for my brand, LaRue. And if you're here today, it's because you're ready to elevate your lifestyle, live more intentionally, and achieve your dreams. And you found just the right place to do so. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Do The Damn Thing podcast. As always, I am so thrilled to have you here with me today, and I'm really excited to dive in today's topic. Rejection is often painful, very, very painful, and we can be rejected from a lot, jobs, careers, people, friendships, etc. And every time I think our immediate reaction to being rejected is that it is a mirror of our self-worth, and I want to just dive right in by saying that is simply not the truth. And in this spiritual conversation that we're always having and leaning into, I think that there's a common message that can get tossed around that is one of those things that is just so easy to say rather than hear or believe, being that rejection is redirection or rejection is protection. And despite the fact that it is a really difficult pill to swallow, I do wholly believe that that is the truth. And when it comes to the spiritual conversation that we're having, despite the fact that rejection can still be very painful and can even feel embarrassing or annoying or drives feelings of anger, shame, blame, embarrassment, whatever. I think that once you can get more objective, step back, let time pass, give yourself the space to lick your wounds, I think that we can see where a certain rejection has led us on a path of our greater unfolding and reaching our higher timelines and our dreams. And for me, I want to just dive right into this story. I've kind of hinted at this story before, but I've never given you guys like all of the detail. So this is a time in my life when I I felt the pain of rejection really, really hard. So if you guys have listened to my very first podcast, and like I said, I've hinted at it before, you'll know a little bit more about my background. So when I was in college, I got my degree in English or was getting my degree in English. And my dream at the time was to go into publishing. And I was very successful in taking the measures to reach this dream. In my spring semester of my junior year, I had my first publishing internship. I worked at Penguin Random House. Random House is the biggest publishing agency in the world. And I had an editorial internship there. So at first when I was working there, I did a lot of reading manuscripts and putting in notes. Honestly, it was it was a pretty interesting position because as an intern, I still had quite a bit of power. I worked for an editorial team and I would get handed manuscripts and I would have to read them and tell them whether or not I think PRH should put a bid on the manuscript and why, you know, I would have to come into these meetings with a lot of points as to why or why not I think this manuscript should be bought. So that was a pretty great internship. It was incredible. I learned so much about the publishing world and that definitely solidified like my goal to get into that, you know, niche of work. 
So then during my senior year, I had my second internship with PRH. I did apply to other publishing houses. I applied the five, pretty much the five major ones, um, Hashit, Simon & Schuster, etc. But my dream was definitely working with PRH. So I applied. I wanted to see what else was out there as far as publishing. And I applied and got the publicity and marketing internship, which I knew was definitely going to be like more my area of expertise. Obviously, given what I do now, it's always just been like a very creative passion of mine. Editorial, I don't know that that was kind of my area of expertise, like where I really would have stood out as a star. So I was really excited to get into this publicity and marketing internship. You know, I I don't want to disrespect other hardworking people, but... I knew going into that internship, it was my last semester of college, it was my spring semester of my senior year, I knew going into that internship I was going to work my ass off to prove myself because I wanted a job there. And not only were the publicity assistants and publicists that I was reporting to very impressed, giving me a lot of work, but there were several people on several different occasions that told me I was working harder than the people with full-time paychecks there. And I was putting in the work, putting in the hours. I had such a wide range of activities and jobs I had to perform and things I had to do, you know, from typical intern stuff to filling galleys, sending sending manuscripts out to, you know, magazines and authors and et cetera. And then I had other really big jobs. I worked on a Booker Prize Award. I worked on the National Book Awards. I had like some really great opportunities at PRH and that was getting kind of obvious. So I want to say I had the, I'm pretty sure their internships are almost the full semester. So like maybe about 12 weeks. And I want to say a little over halfway through, I was, I was approached by one of the publicists I was working for. And to give you guys a little background, Penguin Random House is the name of the company. Under PRH, there are about 200 plus imprints. So the imprints are the, like the little logos you see on the jacket of a book or on the side of a book that say like Celadon, Ballantine, etc. Those are the imprints of the major publishing houses. So under PRH, there are dozens and dozens and dozens of imprints and that's how they separate, you know, genres and things like that. So they have dozens of imprints just for crime, children, you know, nonfiction, fiction, memoirs, etc. So my publicity and marketing internship was with the imprint called Random House, which is one of the top 10 biggest imprints of PRH. And when Penguin, the publishing house merged with Random House, obviously it became Penguin Random House, but Random House remained one of their largest imprints. So that's the imprint I was working for, which was a pretty big deal. It's one of their largest imprints. They publish really, really major authors, just kind of a cool tidbit. I wrote my senior thesis and my honors thesis on an author called Salman Rushdie, and he was one of their authors. I got to work with the guy who wrote Game of Thrones. What's his name? George R.R. R. Martin. They published Michelle Obama's memoir. So I'm working with some like really incredible people. Really incredible memoirs are coming through my desk. Like it was a really amazing opportunity. So again, not only am I working my ass off to like prove to my bosses at the time that I wanted a job here permanently after graduating, but I knew the opportunities that were unfolding before me. I got to work really cool events, etc. 
So like I was saying about, I want to say a little over halfway through, I was approached by one of the publicists at the Random House imprint. She was really high up, worked with some really incredible, really, really incredible authors. And, you know, she was on the George R.R. Martin team. I got to meet him one day. Very, very cool opportunities. And she approached me one day and asked me what my plans were after graduation. You know, that very pinnacle, exciting conversation. And she looked me dead in the eyes and she said, we would love to offer you a job here after graduating. Um, I know you have travel plans, so go ahead, do that. Go home to Florida, celebrate with your family. You'll get two weeks off in between, you know, graduating and coming here. And then that following Monday, I would like you to start as a publicity intern at PRH. And not only was I completely overjoyed, but I, of course, went around town running my mouth around all of Manhattan, telling people I had this job, right? I told my parents, my best friend, all my professors, all my friends at school, I was offered a job. If I, if you take any lessons away from this podcast, it is that if you are ever offered a job, please get it in writing. Please, please, please get it in writing, right? I did not receive an offer letter. I did not think I should ask for one because I was young and naive. So I get this job offer Then I graduate college. I'm in a really amazing spot. I'm so proud of myself. I'm going home to Florida. I'm going to have a great time to celebrate with my family. I'm going to Wisconsin, celebrating with them, coming back and starting my literal dream job, an entry level position at the world's best and biggest publishing house. Like that's a pretty big deal. So while I'm in Florida, I am not hearing anything from them about like my start date, my starting salary, what's going on. And they're like, oh, just just contact us when you get back in Manhattan. You know, we'll go through the preliminary work and you'll get started. And I thought that was kind of weird, but I was like, okay, maybe they don't need me like ASAP. So I get back to the city and I get a call about two days after I got back. And at this point, I'm a little freaked out. I'm like, okay, what the hell is going on? Like, why am I not starting? I need to make a salary. And I get a call from someone in HR at PRH and they tell me the woman who offered me the job is no longer at PRH. She left and went to hash it. And to sum up, they told me point blank, if you want a job here, you do have to go through the interview process again. That was an incredible slap in the face. I was so angry, like it took everything for me to hang up that call professionally I told her I would think about it, but I immediately called my mom and I was just like, absolutely effing not. There's not a chance that I'm going to go through the interview process. Like I was offered a job. This is so degrading. This is so rude. Like what a big slap in the face. I worked so hard, blah, 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 blah. You know, I was on my rampage. I was infuriated, to be honest with you guys. And not only was I infuriated at the circumstances of what was happening, but the position that they put me in, which was it made me feel like a complete liar. I had told literally every person on the face of this planet that knew who I was that I was going to be working at Penguin. Now what the hell was I supposed to do? Call these people up and say, oh, never mind. I am now jobless after graduating. So it was really, really embarrassing as well. And it made me feel like I was a liar and I just didn't know how to like even approach this situation. So, you know, like I said at the beginning, I let myself feel through the rejection, uh, licked my wounds, and then I started applying to more jobs. And that's the summer that I got that I talked to you guys about in the very first podcast. So I go months without, you know, getting a job. I only had 
maybe, I don't know, about six interviews out of, I probably applied for 70, 80, maybe even 100 jobs. I applied to basically every open position at all of these publishing houses except PRH. I refused to go back. I didn't want to work there anymore. But then, you know, as I said in my very first podcast, the end of the summer is approaching. My birthday is approaching. I'm just getting like in a really horrible mental health state. Things were just really bad. So my mom, you know, definitely convinced me and helped convince myself that maybe it was just time to start applying again at PRH, go through the interview process, see if I can get a job there. And I think I mentioned this in in that podcast too. Something that was so frustrating for me at this point was didn't even have my English degree under my belt or even just the Random House and the PRH internships, like not just one, but two internships there. I also was a teaching assistant. I also had several other internships in college, working fashion week, working other odd jobs. You know, I had all of this experience under my belt. And I, at this point, let me preface this by, for anyone who hasn't listened to that podcast, I, at this point, had not done any healing work, like, whatsoever. I was just starting to get into a phase of my life where, because there was no distraction, so my previous distraction being college and my education, I was basically forced by my subconscious to start thinking about all of my trauma and it was beginning to really really overwhelm me over that summer when I wasn't getting a job and I was what felt like endlessly applying I was getting really angry at the fact that it felt like why couldn't this part just be easy like I deserve this to be easy I've worked my ass off and I'm going through too much for this just to be as complicated as everything else in my life So I was also going into the job application with that in mind, right? Like I deserve this job. I'm overqualified for this job. You know, no one else needs this job except me. Definitely a really, really toxic mindset to be going into this with. I was applying for jobs and I finally decided again to apply for a job at PRH. And this was right before my birthday. So I'm going through the interview process. I I got an interview and then um, I got a phone call saying, you know, you're the one of the top three finalists. We'd like to just ask you a few more questions and blah, blah, blah. So I went through the interview and then I go home for my birthday and then we get that phone call that my uncle Mike is, you know, about to pass away. He had a major heart attack and we needed to get up there. My uncle Mike passes away. And then I want to say about two days after we're at the funeral home planning his funeral. I'm, you know, trying to keep my shit together for my mom And I get a phone call from HR at PRH and they're like, we are not going to be offering you this job. So (laughs) I completely lost it. I started sobbing on the phone. Like that was my absolute breaking point. Like I felt my body break at that moment. I couldn't keep it together anymore. You know, when I was home in Florida the couple days before, My parents knew that something was wrong, that I was upset and that I didn't really want to celebrate my birthday, but I wasn't really talking about it. And then Uncle Mike died and I had to be strong for my mom and my other family and, you know, his sons and et cetera. When I got that phone call, it felt like it felt like my heart and my just my soul broke in half. Like everything I had worked for, everything I had been through had formulated to nothing it felt like right this was again a huge rejection huge slap in my face and 
looking back now, you know, and that that's obviously what this podcast is finally getting to about halfway through. I'll finally share like <laughs> my feelings about these rejections now. Looking back now, I see how much I was creating a dependency on this potential job, right? I was creating this facade and like false hope that getting a job, whether it was at PRH or another another publishing house or anywhere, you know, I was applying for publishing jobs in like the magazine world at Condé Nast and et cetera. Whether, whatever job I got, I was putting like all my cookies in the basket of depending on it healing me, right? It would it'd make all my problems go away. It would make me happy, right? It would make me income and, and it would solve all my problems. And even if I had gotten that job, I would have gone back to New York with a whole set of issues going un, unsolved and unresolved and unspoken about, right? Because I still wasn't talking about my problems, even if that woman had called me that day and told me I had gotten that position, I would still be someone who hadn't healed their grief. So that is definitely my big message of these rejections. They were so incredibly painful in the moment. And let me also say, like, you know, I went through, like I said, a couple other interviews during that summer. And every time I got that call or that email saying, you know, we went with someone else, it hurt. It definitely sucked. But the culmination of what was happening in my life at that very moment, my birthday, Uncle Mike, being away from New York, and just so much other stuff. And then the fact that the rejection came from Penguin, like I said, it just felt like I was broken. Like that was definitely the straw that broke the camel's back. So then I got back to New York and shit hit the fan with my best friend. And then I found out I needed the knee surgery. So I up and left. I just packed my crap. And left because I just could not handle it anymore. But now here I am, (laughs) two years later, almost exactly two years later. It's June. My birthday's in August. And I can't even begin to tell you how much gratitude I have for those rejections. When I do my weekly gratitude dumps and I write, I take 10 minutes, I set my timer on my phone for 10 minutes one of the first things I always write down is that summer of my life where I felt like I was dying. Because everything happened that summer for a reason and for me. I did not get that job so I could be here today telling you guys this story. I did not get what I thought was my dream at the time because I was meant for this. I was meant for something bigger. I was meant for something greater. I was meant to be sitting here at this very moment to tell you guys this exact story, right? And I also want to encourage you guys to go read this week's blog because it's really fantastic on kind of expanding on the message, the spiritual message of rejection. But that's really what I got from my rejections when I started my healing journey and started, you know, turning my life around. One of the things I really dealt with was just the culmination of emotions from that summer and specifically really those like three weeks of or maybe like four or five weeks of my birthday and my feelings about my brother then my uncle Mike then going home and then surgery and etc 
the meaning for those rejections was such a big picture moment for me that I, of course, could not see at the time. You know, all I felt was the pain, the hurt, most certainly like a a wild amount of embarrassment. I was so embarrassed. And let me also say this, something that really topped the cherry on the cake for me of embarrassment around not getting this job at PRH was a classmate of mine that I graduated with while I was not applying for jobs at PRH. So in the middle of the summer when I like was refusing to apply there, a classmate of mine ended up getting a position there. And so it it was someone who was very talented, very smart, but had never worked in publishing. And so I was so angry and resentful and really, really embarrassed, right? Like really, really not great. (laughs) So my whole point to this podcast that we're finally getting to is kind of like what I what I pointed out earlier. I was creating a huge dependency on whether or not I was going to, going to get this job or another job, right? I was putting all my eggs in that basket to say, once I get this job, all of my problems will be solved. I remember you guys. This is this is so bizarre. I remember waking up and I would go to the park each day and I would write down just like a journal. I had never been one to keep journals. I always thought they were like, you know, that that like a fad that you would get obsessed with for a week and then, you know, you'd never look at it again for another two years. But I really pushed myself to start journaling that summer because, again, I think it was like a subconscious overwhelm mechanism of I had no idea how to deal with my emotions. So I was just kind of putting them on the page. And I was also reading a book, The Defining Decade, which is about your 20s. Highly recommend reading no matter, you know, how old you are in your 20s. But I was reading that book and I remember waking up, grabbing that book, grabbing my journal, coffee, grabbing Tilly. If you guys don't know who Tilly is, she's my old pupper. I miss her dearly. And I would go lay out, go lay out. I would go sit out at the park for hours just reading I would take my laptop to apply to jobs trying to get outside of my apartment because at the time you know it was a very college apartment no living room just like my you know my bedroom and super depressing so I would go out there and I remember one morning I was journaling thinking I was I was literally writing down the words like if I could just get a job everything would be okay everything would work itself out and that's literally like the exact same thing I ended up telling myself when I decided to move out of New York all of these problems, shit was just hitting the fan in every freaking way possible, right? I, like, the amount of emotion I was going through, the amount of heightened emotion, so how strong my anger was, how strong my pain was, how strong my grief was, was just astronomical. And so when I found out I needed my knee surgery, I literally told myself, like, and I told other people this too, I was like, I'm just going to go home, have this surgery, it'll solve all my problems, and I'll just move right back. Like, it'll be no big deal. Like, I didn't have any other actual work to do. And that's how I looked at getting a job. I looked at it as this thing that would, like, solve, like, world peace for me, right? I just put it on such a high pedestal. And then when I found out I didn't get this job, I, I honestly, like, I that, that's the best way I can describe it to you guys. It just felt like my soul broke in half. That was the best thing that ever happened to me. Those three weeks that summer, everything that unfolded the exact way it did was the best thing that has ever happened to me. 
because it has taught me this singular lesson that I really hope you guys hear and take away. I put all of my emotional dependency on whether or not an outside source was going to give me the validation that I desired. I now know how to give myself all of these feelings, all of these emotions, and all of this validation with or without the help of anything else or anyone else. Not getting that job, going through all that I went through, is what forced me to go home and deal with my shit. I healed my grief. I healed my trauma. I created a enlightening and powerful relationship with myself that is based on honesty and trust between me and me. And I can now see that if I'm ever depending on someone or something to give me what I desire, it is because I am not giving it to myself from within. When you are rejected from something that you want so, so badly... And I do understand that there are very big differences between, you know, getting rejected from your dream job and getting rejected from like someone you're in love with. But let's go with job, right? If you're rejected from your dream job, and again, let me preface this by saying I absolutely understand how big a pill this is to swallow. It is because there is something better out there meant for you and because there is a lesson to be learned right now. I could not see that lesson for a significant period of time. Remember, you know, you guys, when I went home, it's not like I started immediately. I had my surgery and then I went through several months of depression, like deep, dark depression. I'll also tell you guys this story. I actually didn't even think about telling you guys this, but it just came up, popped up in my head. After my surgery, I started applying for jobs in Florida. I, you know, COVID, it was at that point where COVID was like running rampant. There were lockdowns everywhere. Everything was shut down. And I totally knew New York wasn't going to be a possibility for a while. And I also knew I needed a job. So my mom, the owner of her company, and it's a very large company now. They recently went public. The owner of her company has for years, like years, said to me, we would be honored to have you work at you know our place of work. We would love to have you. You'd be a great asset. You know, Just always offering me a job. So then I ended up deciding like, okay, maybe I can just work on their marketing team, get my foot in the door, get some experience, get an income. And when and if I'm ever ready to decide to leave or if I'm ready to go back to New York, like I can make that decision then. Very long story short, I ended up up applying and interviewing for a marketing position. And again, long story short, the woman calls me and says, you know what, you belong in New York. Like we don't think you're going to be happy here. So we're not going to give you this job. This was at a point in my life where anger was the number one emotion that I was existing in and this is when I, and I've told you guys this, this is when I told my parents we need to sit down and have a conversation because I'm at the point where I'm so angry that I want to hurt myself and it was that day that I told my parents and then that following week or so, like two weeks maybe after, is when I made that list that you hear about in the very first podcast. If you guys haven't listened to that, I strongly, strongly encourage you to go listen to that podcast. Oh gosh, she's a whole different person even then. But, you know, those those points of rejection, job rejections, they have led me on a path that I have so much gratitude for. If I could go back and thank those people that gave me those phone calls and told me, no, you can't work here, I absolutely would. 
I have never been more proud of the path I'm on and proud of the person I have become. And if I had gotten those jobs, I would not be who I am today. I would be working in corporate America, likely. I would be working a nine to five that didn't make me happy and I wouldn't be making the salary that I know I deserve. And most importantly, I wouldn't have healed my grief. I wouldn't have touched into and tapped into spirituality, manifestation, the laws and attraction of the universe. And I wouldn't be sitting here today. So if you're someone going through a very painful rejection, be it a job, a person, etc., whatever, I just want to say that I know you know it might mean something later on. But right now, the pain is very real, very sourced, it's very hard. To heal this pain, you have to find gratitude in the rejection. No matter how painful, no matter how embarrassing, no matter how shameful you feel, start with feeling gratitude. The answers will fill in themselves. You'll begin to understand why you were rejected and what path may be unfolding that is in fact better for you and meant for you. Rejection is very painful. It's very hard. It's difficult to understand. And we always think it's a reflection of who we are and what value we add. It is not. Being rejected from a person or a job or whatever, the, the biggest thing you can imagine, a home, a loan, I don't know, anything. Being rejected from, you know, your dream, whatever it is. There is always a reason behind it. And it, the reason behind it is always because there is something that is better that is meant for you. So I really hope this podcast resonated with you guys. I really hope that you found commonalities and comfort in the stories that I shared because I would have been so embarrassed to share those stories years ago with you guys. And now, not only, like I said, do I have so much gratitude for those moments in my life, but I'm proud of them because... They are reasons as to why I'm sitting here today. Those rejections made this moment in my life possible. And I'm just so utterly grateful for them and the lessons they've taught me and the way they've forced me to heal and forced me to address my insecurities and my shame and my embarrassment and my grief and my guilt and et cetera, laundry list of emotions. So I really hope that you guys can see where past rejections have shaped who you are now and find gratitude in those and Again, like I said, if you're someone going through a rejection right now, start with finding gratitude for it and the rest will fill in. That is what I've got for you guys today. I love you all so dearly and I will see all of you beautiful souls next week.